performers happiness in the arts podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage we bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity authenticity love and of course humor all guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers and while we do it ah we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis penis what is up, NYC Musical Theater Performers? Hello, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah belated. Merry Christmas. You guys, we have Tim Hughes. Hi. How are you? Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so good we're making this happen. Oh, it's so good. And you, I, I was looking back. Last time you came on was almost a year ago. Isn't that like... Really? Yeah, because we did an interview in here a while back, wow. Yeah, yeah, but that was a very, I mean, very different time in the world, very different time in, for this group. Yeah, we were talking about activism in the arts. Mm-hmm. Back, right? Like, yes. and now here we are. Ringing bells, yes. Now, now you're coming on just talking about your career, your journey, which I'm really grateful for on several levels. But I would say the deepest is it's such a discouraging time to be a performer. I mean, this halt, it's like, it, we're almost at a year anniversary without live theater uh, for a lot of us. So that was hitting me today uh, or this last week and everything. Where I'm like, what's missing? Like, I'm like looking, what is missing? And I'm like, oh, theater. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's really a thing. Seriously, if like on the personal scale, it's like it's missing for all of us performers like that, that release that connection that like just special magic that only happens when we're performing with a group in front of a live audience and then i also miss it like just painfully as an audience member i miss the, the you know the escape of going in um i mean both the theater and and the movie theater but of course live theater is just so different but like that that dark room allowing me to step outside of myself and just you know enjoy something else for a little bit it's just I miss it. I miss it. You know, like theater allows us to feel more. It allows us to feel more deeply. It allows us to connect more deeply. And I feel like we're all desperately going to need that. And I feel like part of this shell that we're creating in quarantine is just like, uh, just protect ourselves, just this survival tactic that like we couldn't even handle having theater right now. It's just like people would just lose it. But I think the timing will be right for the return. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, oh God. I, I mean, I've already talked to my husband, who you know, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan about how when we, when things open back up, getting subscriptions. Like, I want to get a subscription somewhere. Mm. To, like these are our things that we always go see. Whether it's touring companies, and we've signed up for that. And at this one thing, I want something like that because it's just been gone for so long, and it's been thank goodness for. Hamilton, you know, coming, you know, releasing themselves. Thank goodness for Grinch, whether you liked it or not. Thank goodness for the prom for, you know, uh, like it's not the same. It's mm, not the same, mm, mm. but even get even a little taste of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how badly it's needed. So let's dive in to your first show. Let's go back to little Timmy, little Timmy Popeye. Never that little. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> um, could you talk about, um, uh, uh, let's start from the school you graduated from. I feel like that's an easy like pinpoint to your journey to the Northwood, to your journey to the first, first show. 
Um, the first Broadway show? Or my, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my Broadway debut was in Chaplin, um, the musical. And um, I graduated from NYU. And I was, you know, for, for being the height that I am, um, the type that I am, it, it was like, um, I knew that I had been already warned that it was going to be a struggle. Like the 20s um, are going to be a struggle for everybody. But it was like, you read height reads much older on stage. So there just was this gonna be this push and pull of like how I read versus how my face and you know, how old I actually am still. So, cause I have a very youthful face, hopefully. Looks like we've got an NYU person on here. Hey! What's up? Um, so when I um, graduated, I, I just was like, pounding the pavement. I was, I, I worked really, really hard to, to be seen by as many people as I could. And luckily I was able to um, dance so that I could get in the room where the choreographers are more often um, of the time in the room making those decisions, which I think is a huge bonus for dancers. Like it's just as easier to break in if you can dance. And I, and I tell my students that all the time. Um, and I don't even know what the original audition was, but I'd been auditioning for for Warren Carlyle in college, right out of college. I think there was like a an Oliver that he did at Goodspeed or something. And um, he is a very tall director, choreographer, dancer. Um, and I never, you know, didn't ever get a job from him, but I was surprisingly on his radar, which I was not aware of. Um, and I, I was on his radar as a tall, really tall person who could dance. So I remember I was in line at Ripley Greer for like Kate Playhouse for like a two week gig summer stock thing. And Warren Carlisle gets off the um, elevator and he's like walking and everyone's like, Warren Carlisle, welcome, Warren Carlisle. And um, he like looks over and I like, and I waved him. He, I, he doesn't really know to me. I'm, we were just, you know, I just was nice and we're, we're the tall people. So we're above everybody else. And he comes over to me and he was like, what are you doing in uh, six to seven months? And I was like, I have no, I have no idea. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm auditioning for K Playhouse for a two week gig in like two months. I have no idea what six to seven months from now looks like. And he was like, I have a show for you. And I was like, what? And he was like, I just got back from um, La Jolla, um, we're um, doing this production of Limelight. I'm going to be doing a development of um, this show and I need a really tall um, dancer. He was like, give me your headshot and resume. So sure enough, that like he called me in. I went through the process um, and he really wanted specifically this, the lookalike contest for Chaplin was every, was all varying looks and heights of Charlie Chaplin um, at the end of act one. And he wanted it to be extreme. So um, he knew he wanted a super, super tall version of Charlie Chaplin. And then I went in and, and um, he got to know all the other skills that I have and it turned out to be a great fit. And that's how um, he cast me and I made my debut. That is so cool. And then did that, how long did, was that able to hold up on Broadway? That was um, during the time of uh, Superstorm Sandy. So we developed in the new year in like January, February, and then opened um, in August. And then we performed till the new year, so till January. So it was about six months on Broadway, but it was about a year of my life in as far as the development is concerned. But, um, you know, when 
when every when Superstorm Sandy, when Hurricane Sandy hit, everybody thought New York was underwater for two or three months. And that was the month after we had opened, um, combined with a super confusing kind of questionable review from the New York Times, in my opinion. It just didn't like didn't help us one bit whatsoever. And it, and it had a a significant impact on how people were viewing us. So that combined with the storm just like was the perfect storm to um, for our show. So we didn't make it, we only made it till January of the new year and then we closed. Okay, okay. Um, oh, that's so sad. Uh, I, I, I mean, not comparable, but I don't know if Ryan told you that he had created a, a haunted house that got destroyed. And no. Yeah, he created a haunted house and it was like mostly done and then Sandy happened and flooded the whole thing. Oh my God. Yeah, not, Broadway, not Broadway. I didn't know him yet. Um, but yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? I mean, like you're on Broadway, he had a haunted house. I mean, definitely levels, but. But still, like the impact of, of one, like, you know, one day of weather and, yeah. Yeah. and how much it can affect, especially p creative people, you know? Yeah, yeah, and and um, yeah. That's uh, I. Hopefully, he'll be able to one day bring Chaplin back because I never got to see it. Um, it was a pretty magical show. It was a magical company. Yeah, um, it was great. It was a really, it was a great first show to be a part of um, because it was the company was very close um, as a unit, and we just were led by some like heavy hitters, but amazingly down-to-earth grounded people. I mean, like Rob McClure is just such an ideal leader for um, for a group and like Jen Colella and these people are just like among the company. So that's how it was you a great- You worked with Jen Colella and she was in that? Oh yeah, she's the, she's head of Hopper. Oh, I didn't know that. See, I did not know. I went to school with her. You, um, songs, songs you should be singing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice, awesome. No, she's great. She she was always such a talent. Ooh, I, I don't even know if she knows who I am. She was one of the grad students when I was an undergrad, um, yeah. but she was solid. She's solid. I mean, what can you say? It's for Jen Colella. Like, she's uh, solid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so then after that, your journey, was it to, you met you met Ryan after that. That was in between on the way to Frozen. Was that the next thing? Yeah. So after oh, that, or did uh, Greatest Showman happen? I don't know. Um, Greatest Showman happened next. So after that, I was um, I realized pretty quickly that I was that I needed to start building my resume with roles. Mm -hmm. uh, I was trying not to go in for ensemble stuff, but only for things that would cover. Um, only things that would be like the next step. So um, as a result, I ended up starting to to go in for a lot more roles regionally, which was great because then I build up a resume with with playing parts and then I had some understudy um, understudying in there. Um, and and actually like when I went with when I worked with Ryan, it was a difficult career decision because it's not something I really, I mean, to be honest, like wanted to do for my career. Like I didn't want to go good speed to play um, an ensemble part, but it was, I don't know if you remember this, but it was so weird how it went down because they weren't like, they weren't saying who was going to be playing the those parts of the trio or the like before we got there. So we like, didn't know. Yeah. We already were committed to do it. So it was, so when I didn't get that, I was like, oh, this is, 
annoying. Um, but that company was amazing. I mean, it was just like oh, such a good group. I saw, I think I saw it two or three times. I mean, it was so good. It was great. It was great. So good. So I was building. I, I was building my resume with roles, and I started playing the monster a lot in Young Frankenstein. Um, and I did it up in uh, Maine State um, with Mark Robin, and then I did it at the Muni. And um, at the time, I had a friend who um, I went to college with who was um, at like a who's who dinner in LA. Um, and of course, she would be invited to this, if you know who she was. And she sits next to the director of The Greatest Showman, who loves to talk about his projects. I mean, Michael just loves to to share the stories he's about to tell on film. He's amazing. That's so cool. I would eat that up. I'd be like, yeah, tell. <laughs> sure. He like, he like, he's really theatrical in, in that sense, which is why he's so good at movie musicals. Nice. Um, so he um, was sitting next to her and was talking about how he's going to need these like really eccentric triple threats for this movie that he's about to audition for. So she was like, my friend has to be in your movie. And he was like, what? And so she plants the seeds because at the time they needed a role. Um, they needed somebody to play the giant yeah. and they wanted the giant to do, to be really tall. And then they were going to, he was going to do some dancing on either like lifts or stilts. And I was doing young Frankenstein and I was dancing, putting on the Ritz in these like six inch platform shoes. That was my, that's like my claim to fame for the role. So I would do the whole production number in these huge shoes. So I'd be like seven, two. And, um, the Muni, I, I begged them for an excerpt of the archival. Hard to get that, rights and everything, yeah. Oh. And I, I could only get like a sliver. You're and it just And I was like, I'm sending this to one person just to grab his attention. And I got on the director's radar. Um, and then it was Telsey who was casting the oddities. And um, I originally, they were like, they kept saying you weren't tall enough. I wasn't tall enough for the giant. And I was like, I'm not tall enough. Um, I've never gotten that before. And it's like they, saying I'm not Jewish enough. I'd be like, what? Look up. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they, but Telsey was then like, but you know, um, he can still really dance. Um, so then they called me in for um, all the other oddities. And the first time that I danced, um, for the choreographer, the director was in the room and I was already like, I already had an in, a personal in and he, so he um, had his eye out for me and we met after and he was like, I cannot believe you can move like this and you're this height. Um, and it just was a really great fit. So I found a different way in and I got um, Greatest Showman, um, which was amazing. And that went straight into Frozen. I was finishing um, filming and they, and they actually, this is a great story. Um, they canceled um, a day of shooting because um, Zendaya had like um, uh, allergic reactions and her face was swollen. So my mother was in town because she had heard that I could get people on set. And she was like, I want to come see the Hollywood movie set. And we canceled and I was like, oh no. But I went to see, I took her to War Paint that night, which was in previews. Oh, cool. And at the time, Chris Catelli was taking notes and he was the choreographer for Frozen. And he was like, how's the movie going? And I was like, how do you know I'm doing the movie? And he was like, I've been trying to bring you in for Frozen, but Telsey keeps saying you're booked. And I was like, my last day is this weekend. I should be free starting Monday. And like Monday I went in for Frozen. Like I went in for, I originally went in for Oaken. Then they asked if I would um, consider understudying and being in the ensemble. And I was like, yeah, I really wanted to work with Chris Catelli. 
um, who had been in for his shows over and over. Um, and then in the end, I had understudy material for Oaken, understudy material for Hans. And after I did all of that, they gave me the, under, the material for Poppy. And I did a cold reading of it. And it was like a Saturday. Everybody at that final call was going on to their matinees. And I was like, mm, I just finished a film. I'm going to Starbucks. Like, I didn't <laughs> have a job. <laughs> and sure enough, I was at Starbucks. And they called me. And they're like, can you come back? Can you come back right away? So I went back. Nobody was nobody was there as far as um, people auditioning, except one person was there for the role of Poppy. So I heard him singing the song. That was the first time I heard the song um, through the door because we were at the New Amsterdam, which is also old school Broadway. Like when you're oh, at that's so oh oh treats so so cool. So I go in, Stephen Aramis, Chris Catelli, um, like M Michael Grandage, um, and I'm I'm basically learning the role. Um, like on its feet. Um, thank you. Oh, that's so kind. Somebody saying um, he was so good as Poppy. This is everything to listen to. I agree. It's really cool to hear this behind the scenes story. Hey, thanks. <laughs> so I, um, I like learn it all, and then I leave, and they're like, just go get something to eat, and then you come back and audition for the entire team. So I, I like literally got a salad. I remember I was at Lenny's. I was at Lenny's, and I remember I was, I, I was in the back, and I had these three um, packets of material. And I was like, well, what do I focus on? And my mom was like, well, just focus on the new material. She was like, just, just like, she was like, whatever you think you're best at, just go for that. And I was like, well, I think, I, I know they're having a hard time finding this role. And in the description, this feels like something I would really excel in. So I only did the poppy stuff at like uh, uh, the work over my salad. Um, and then I went back and I, and they only asked me to do the, pop, the poppy material. And we did everything. Um, and I left and I was like, well, I have to have booked one of the understudies. I thought maybe I was gonna swing. Um, I didn't know. And then they called me um, and I flew out to LA the next day, um, which was crazy. So then I was in LA and they called me and they were like, you're getting the role. And I, I was like stunned, I was stunned. And then I wept. And then, and then I was like, it was so crazy. It was super celebratory. And then the See, when you start to tear, I start to tear. <laughs> it's so exciting. It was so exciting. And then the next day I woke up and there was a press release that, that Rob Ashford was coming in. And I was like, do I still have a job? <laughs> did, I, am I still in, did I still get it? Because a lot of people, everybody else in that day had to go back and audition for Rob Ashford. But because I didn't end up getting the ensemble because I got a principal part, I was I was um, locked in. And Telsey was amazing in helping me lock it in. And Michael Grandage and um, everybody had signed off so that I was in, it was a done deal. Um, yeah, and then I, so I developed all that. I did, uh, did open that and did that for a year on Broadway. And Hadestown was just like, it was never on my radar because they didn't have an ensemble off Broadway and none of the roles suited me, but I had heard such amazing things. Uh, and coming from NYU and seeing Natasha Pierre, I always wanted to work with Rachel. Um, and it came up, um, it was, we were renegotiating contracts at Frozen and I was like, well, this would be a great leverage to have. Um, let's, let's go get this. And, um, I I did <laughs> like I did 
which was crazy. Um, and I was like, I think I need to go do this. I think I need to, um, I think I need to go uh, experience this and have an artistically fulfilling, I never imagined the show to be what it has become yeah. um, and the wave and the momentum. And I never, I was like, I thought I was gonna be taking like a, a step back in my career, but just, I was doing it selfishly because I thought artistically it was gonna be more of what I needed at that time. Um, and then like lesson learned, I'm literally worker five and have am more identified as worker five understudy Hades than I ever was for playing the role in, in Frozen. Oh, uh, we have here um, from Randy. Just love this conversation. Love Tim's work in Hadestown. We've seen it three times. Also love what a good man he is. He came out to the stage door every single time, including freezing cold temperature last winter. So good to hear about his journey. And then yeah, uh, Randy, um, his version of Hey Little Songbird is so different, but so damn good. Ah! It has to be different. It has to, you know, it gets to be different too. Yeah. Um, you know, Rachel gets to it encourages us all to bring so much of ourselves to it. But I can't do what Patrick Page does. I mean, he sings it an octave lower. So, yeah. But as a result, I get to sing it a little bit more, which is fun. You know, I get to oh, sing. Oh, great! And I will say, because uh, I did get the honor of seeing you perform, and just oh god, everyone! It's so clear. Every single person is so hunkered down and connected to mm -hmm. their part. And mm -hmm. so that's a. That's a very big thing to do. Every person feels and is important to yep. the story. Uh, so, and that's, that's, I mean, I, I hope more people um, learn that from, from seeing the show and seeing the success of the show because it's empowering to us as individuals to be given um, the authority to bring so much of ourselves to our art, to our show every night. Mm -hmm. And it reads in that, um, that magical quality that you can't really put your finger on that, you yeah. know, that special experience that happens in that theater every night. Yeah. I think it just contributes to that. It creates this, this atmosphere that is unique and different. And I hope moving forward, that's one of the things that's valued more um, in when we create theater, especially on a Broadway scale. Like I hope that, that uh, the individual artists, um, creativity and and self and contribution to the the show is valued more and yeah. and listened to i want to go back to this this was our last interview when we we're i was it was about activism and the arts a very different topic but i want to just go back because everybody loves you you're so kind you just generally just good human um when that happened at the Frozen performance, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, look up Trump flag Frozen, and that's Tim being freaking hero. Um, uh, like in that moment, you know, like I, I mean, because you're like, I'm in a Broadway show, I want to stay, you know, hired. Everybody, we get along, but then that, like, um, I mean, it's such a very instinctual moment. Could you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um... It was interesting to me because um, like Frozen was the first time when we had had a, like a meeting about bomb sniffing dogs and things like there was just an extra level of security, which um, because the the entity of Frozen is just so big and Disney and that that I think helped create um, a little bit more of a sense um, of security. 
um, in that building, just um, in general. So when we were bowing that night, I noticed somebody coming down the aisle. So already like my guard was up um, in like, what's what's happening? This seems shady. I've never seen anything like this before. And like coming down kind of quickly. Um, and then for him to like turn his back on us and then raise a flag of protest, which also happened to be in encouragement of reelecting Donald Trump 2020, it just like everything instinctually fired simultaneously. Just like a, um, being feeling disrespected as a performer on stage, the disrespect of our company, um, and then the aftermath of what that actually stood for at that time. Um, and I like I just needed to put a stop to it um, for the sake of our final exchange with the audience. Um, it's it's something that I think is really important part of live theater is the thank you for being here with us. Thank you for this exchange of energy. It's the it's the one really shared experience we have left in the arts. I mean, it's like that's what that's why it's going to be irreplaceable. That's why it's going to come back. Um, but that's the that's the final acknowledgement, the final thank you, the the final greeting. Um, and for it to have just been disrupted, just um, really threw me off. And, and I kind of went into, um, you know, just instinctual mode. And my instinct was just to put it into it. Um, so I like reached over and got rid of it um, right away. And, and then I mean, it could have been somebody like going boo and da -da -da, like turning into a whole different scene. Yeah. Uh, that was just ignored and just continued on or then then uh you know security comes and all this thing just like literally even more so taking away from the moment for sure which i think he was trying to do yeah um i don't think i ever had the knowledge that what i was i don't think i ever um like thought about it in that moment that i was able to take the power back for myself for us as a company by kind of making a fool of him um, in his attempt to, you know, to protest something, right. um, which I stand by. I mean, he should be made a fool of. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. There's, there's no, there's no place for that at a, at the curtain call of a show. Yeah, absolutely not. I, I I'd like to imagine where with people people who've gone viral over something. And this was like you said, and it's it's not like you're like, oh, I'm gonna plan this out. Like you have no idea. No you're, idea. you're thinking I'm gonna do dinner after this. Cool. I'm gonna like, oh, oh, thank you guys. It's amazing. Like, oh, my tummy grumble. You know what I mean? Like you have yeah. a totally different narrative that is like, and then this happens. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, I. I mean, this is, uh, what is it, Samantha Jones from Sex and the City. The PR brain, like, just turned off right now. Like, did people contact you going like, hey, do you want to work with us or anything like that? I'm just wondering, because you already have, at that point, seen a lot of success. This is even before 80s town. Um, I mean, I, I don't think there was ever, there wasn't, like, a call, like, hey, come do this right away as far as, like, um, we want to work with you. But I do think that... Um, it helped um, identify, you know, if, if there was ever going to be a calling card for myself, like a, a four second clip that went viral, like it's going to be me shirtless on a stage, <laughs> away a, a Trump flag. Like those are a lot of things that I, that I've either gotten, um, you know, um, 
publicity for or that I've been hired for before and simultaneously things that I really strongly already stand for. Yeah. So um, I think that has definitely like launched this whole new um, social media platform that that has always is always linked in with with politics and connecting Broadway to politics. Like I remember in the midterms um, in 2018, um, I was contacted to work with Swing Left and be a part of like th uh, the Broadway team that was doing a huge amount of outreach. And we did a, a tremendous amount of work in um, in two or three districts in New Jersey, in one in Pennsylvania, one in Staten Island. Um, and that, I, I think I just like fell into probably the place that I was meant to be because it is this great um, balance. But I, I do think that as far as people like calling me or wanting to work with me, I think that there is an element of, um, of that moment um, being an, a, a clear indicator of my character. Um, and I think a lot of times when we're getting to know somebody in an audition, the goal is to try to get to the core of their character as quickly as possible. You know, it's like, and how do we reveal that as an actor and how do, um, and how do they find that as a creative team? Um, and I do think it's helped because that um, is now kind of answered before I'm in the room because it's like, oh, that's the guy who snatches the snatch the Trump flag for good or for bad. I th I would hope that it's going to be for good because that's who I am, and people who want to work with that are going to be wanting to work with me um, because they know that about me already. Um, but I do think it has been like a little bit of a a like a stamp of of my character. Um, I thought it's such a beautiful moment. Ah, oh, I, I remember when Ryan first, she's like, look at this. And I was like, oh my gosh. You know, I just loved, I mean, I've watched it multiple times. I mean, it's such a quick moment. So it's, yeah, like such a great, simple moment of humanity. I love it. I, I want to selfishly bring up, I, I feel so grateful that the time I got to see you in Frozen was also when our mutual buddy, Alicia Albright, was covering the uh, and playing opposite you, and I had no idea. And I was going, "Wait, is that Alicia Albright?" Like this is—I yeah, went to school with her, and so I was, "What? This is meant to be!" Like, <laughs> like, because you never know when you're going to go on as something you cover for. And she was superb. Oh, just the whole cast. Ryan and I were crying. It was—I uh, loved. Yes, I'm a Disney fan, but like Disney can mess up shows, and like. Frozen, they did well. I didn't get the fixed up version though, um, how they changed the choreography, they reset it. I think it was open for like maybe a month and then pandemic, the new version, such a shame, but. Yeah, yeah uh, the new song, I mean that new, I mean, I think the song is going in, is in the tour, but it was only maybe three or four weeks on Broadway. Yeah, I, I really, I really do hope all the people who, um, and anybody who had a Broadway show are able as soon as theater opens up to get jobs pretty quickly. That's my yeah. prayer regarding just the humans uh, already involved. Because that's like, like yeah. you're living life one way, and then you're just thinking maybe two weeks off. That's it, not a big deal. And like, wait, what's happening? Uh, it's mm -hmm. November, and I can't stop eating cookies. Like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's Alicia. I mean, just like to throw in my two cents for about her, she's just the absolute best. Uh, like, oh. she uh, the fact that she was a swing, um, in that show is unbelievable because every time that she came on to play Bolda, she's so present, she's such a great 
um, instinctual actress. She's so that she's always there for support. She's always there to contribute. Um, she was really, really fun. And the joy of I had a lot of boulders because Olivia was out for about six months with a with a back injury, and they didn't they didn't bring any in anybody else. So I was I had like a rotating door of boulders. I always joked because there was there was Olivia and then two understudies, and then um, Alicia was the swing who also understudied. So I was like waiting for boulder number five, which I wanted to basically turn into Mambo number five with new lyrics, but like, yes. well, the number five didn't happen until after I left. Oh, <laughs> you're like, no, it was my moment. Oh, <laughs> but Alicia, she, she's a gem. She's she's really, really wonderful. And she oh, was so, so wonderful. What a, oh gosh, yeah. So um, now, Hades Town, uh, and we're on this little pause. We know Katie's town's coming back, um, which honestly, very exciting. I know more people are going to be like, ah, with seeing it. Um, so in the meantime, what have you created? Oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, we, we were all experiencing as artists this this time of quarantine differently. And yeah. when first hit, I just was, at first I was like, oh, I, I like the rest. I, my body needs this rest. Um, yeah. And I could sleep and and just chill out for like a, a week or two. And then I was like, mm, what am I gonna do? Like, what am I doing next? Um, it's like, and, it was like a shade lighter than this, your gray area. You're like, don't really know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Seriously. I, so then I was like, uh, and it's just my my work ethic to be like, okay, what's, what's gonna happen next? Um, and I tried to, at first I was trying to like rehearse the show and, and like just remember things for my own body. And that was kind of painful, to be honest. It just was like, ooh, like this is just, there's no light at the end of this tunnel. And it just was not fun to do by myself, like in, you know, um, just for my own memory. So at that time I was like, I finally started just putting on like music that I liked um, just to, to stay active and to stay dancing. Um, and from there, I was like, this is really great. Like, this is, this is something that I think more people need to do, just like connect back to themselves um, on like a basic level. And the basic level is I'm, I'm an artist and I need to connect to music and I need to dance. Um, and I just don't think we were doing that. You know, we, we, haven't, we aren't given those opportunities right now. Um, so I I originally did um, a thing over the summer called Movement Through the Movies, where I where I was exploring choreography through movie musicals and ending with The Greatest Showman. Um, and it was like I didn't really do any promotion for it. I just was like, yeah, shoot me an email if you want to do this. And I had a tremendous response. Um, and from there, um, I realized there was definitely a need for not only people's individual like bodies and artistry to connect to dance and music again, but um, a need for us to connect as a community. We had we weren't given that kind of opportunity. Um, so I developed, I, I worked really hard with a dear friend of mine who ha helps um, start companies and um, created a program called Performers Puzzle um, based on the metaphor of like not needing to fit in to a puzzle that's already being created and really our um, our goal as performers, as actors, is to strongly define what our puzzle piece is. Um, and then, and eventually like hope it's going to fit, but there are a lot of puzzles out there. There's gonna be a lot of times that they don't fit and that has nothing to do with your own puzzle piece. So what I think it's a great time to work on strongly defining 
our own puzzle piece. So from that metaphor, I created Performers Puzzle, um, which is an online uh, membership community. We dance live um, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time each week. Um, I do a little feature. On Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. And then you can also download any of the classes. They're available. Um, there's actually one with um, Alicia. Alicia. Yeah. I, know. Oh, I know, I gotta do that. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we do a little uh, feature in the beginning of the month called um, The Missing Piece, where I highlight somebody who I feel like is a good embodiment of their own puzzle piece and how they found success. And like, just like this, like, how did you do it? Are you aware that like that you are different? Are like, did that help? Did that deter you? How did you move past that? Like, how did you make it work? Um, and then I, at the end of each month, I do a thing called connecting the pieces where I just like connect with one other individual, either um, like uh, uh, somebody who we, we danced to their song one time, I like brought in the artist um, and we talked to them, just different people like Alicia, we had, we had her in the studio she, and then we just connected with her and what she was doing. Um, so it's been it's been unbelievable. Like it's been overwhelmingly great. Um, there is representation across the globe, truly, from South America to Mexico to Australia to Europe. They're like there are people who are needing to connect um, to this community, um, and the focus is not on um, on not on technique, not on um, I, but instead it's it's more about bringing. Um, a sense of dance being a human behavior and fulfilling and motivating and inspiring back um, into our lives and not necessarily like this is something that I need to work on as a skill. Yeah, as performers, we eventually need to get back to working on it as a skill, but this is about bringing ourselves as individuals to our artistry, to our dance, to music again. And how do we do that? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, as I've I've only did once last week for the first time, and then I'll be there this Wednesday and so on. But like I will say, as a, as a, a participant, the fact that it's on Zoom is very helpful because it's been almost a year with me not dancing in a show, mm -hmm. and so I am in my head. And you can make your your video off if you want to, and just learn and be part of it that way, or you can have it on whatever you prefer. And it's a, a, such a um, the movement. I I told people I'm like it's not chasse tourjete guys. I'm like you can do this. Like this is musical theater. You know, like really body like just so friendly to anybody's abilities. Like yeah, uh, I, I try to take into consideration um, the the spectrum of abilities, and I try to take into the consideration the spectrum of spaces that we're currently dancing in. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I try not to do like crazy like double pirouettes and and things that like you know, somebody who, when it goes wrong and you're going for it, you're gonna knock over like grandma's lamp and then something's, you know, it's gonna be a distraction. We don't we don't need to do that to, in order to feel like we're dancing and, and to have fun. Yes, exactly. Oh, we have a comment here. So thank you for sharing how you've been keeping your art alive. It's so inspiring to hear how you found such great outlets. I've been blessed with having my school training to keep me busy. That's great, but definitely trying to find ways to keep myself busy um, in my month break. Oh, Jonathan Mora. Jonathan, hi! <laughs> um, uh, Jonathan is a dancer, also a choreographer himself. Oh, great. Yeah. Hi. Jonathan, come dance on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Jonathan, you'll love it. Um, during your during your break, I love it. It's such a good time to be in school right now. Oh my, oh my gosh, I know. I say that to every one of my friends who's back in school. I was like, this was the, the right time. <laughs> truly, truly. I wish I was getting a master's. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, why not? I yeah. mean, why not? Like, what are you missing audition? No, you do. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, we got it. I'll, uh, I'll be there. <laughs> we're doing this week. We're doing um, a, a tribute to Anne Ranking. I love that too. And I love the shout out you did last week because it was such a, you know, we don't know when we're going to lose somebody so huge. Uh, yeah. so I'm looking forward to doing the Anne Ranking thing. For sure. For oh, sure. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the little to, and then that guy. Yeah. Yes, oh God, it's good. It's good. Yeah. And and it's gonna be holiday. It's it's holiday and in and ranking. It's the parallels. It's all happening. Oh, it's all it's all happening. Are you gonna do the antlers again? What are, what are you feeling? Um well no, we're not doing the oh do I have it? Oh no, we're not doing the antlers again, but it's still the, the song is still very festive. Woo! I love it. I'm so excited. You guys, I'm telling you, you're gonna be like, oh, where has this been? It, it's just incredible. Please come join. Where can people find uh actually let's focus well you on social media. I think you're just Tim Hughes, T-I-M-H-U-G. Yeah, I'm Timothy Timothy R. Hughes on Instagram. I'm Tim Hughes on Facebook, but also the, the business page is Timothy Hughes and Performance Puzzle. Um, the the website um, to check it out is uh, performancepuzzle.com slash join. Um, and on this um, on this page, um, this group's page, if you're interested um, on the, the other post that you already made. Or even in this one. Um, oh, yeah. And I'll send you the direct um, Zoom link and you can jump in um, this Wednesday, um, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. Oh, so Pre-Christmas pre or post-Hanukkah dance party. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, just have the best. I'll see you on Wednesday. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people there, but I, I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. It's always such a joy to see you, to talk with you, to catch up with you. Oh, great joy. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye.